Romans 13, verse 11. The subject is walking properly in the new year. Walking properly. We are still reflecting on the new year as a church. Walking properly in the new year. Romans chapter 14, chapter 13, from verses 11 to 14. I'll read from the scripture, then I'll lead us in prayer. Besides this, you know, you know, the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Pray with me, brothers and sisters. Heavenly Father, it takes your power to walk the walk that is worthy of the high calling in Christ Jesus. As your word is being preached these few minutes, take it and use it in a very powerful way that we may walk through this door and those who are on the internet energized, repenting, and conforming to the image of your dear son. Speak through me now, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. What does it mean to walk? The Hebrew word for walk is halak, like the way you walk with Felix around the estate. Uh, but it's much more than mere walking on the streets. It, it, it talks about conduct. The, the, the manner of life. So the Bible, both the Old Testament and New Testament, use the word walk to refer to the manner of life, the way of life. So, and what does it mean to talk about walking properly? The word proper uh, means correctly, satisfactorily. And it also means something in a strict sense or something like, like exact. And this is an echo, or is consistent Paul letters to Colossians chapter one, verse nine forward, talking about work worthy of the Lord. Colossians chapter one, Colossians, uh, let me just quote it properly. Colossians chapter one, verse nine, Yeah, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, unquote. So this, this idea of walking and properly, when you put them together, is there is a particular way or manner of life that is consistent incontrovertibly with uh, 
with, 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 well, with the way or the pathway of Christ. Come, is smart praying for me? Okay, I need that prayer, okay? But pray with your eyes open, eh? The Christian life is an orthodoxy in, at its best. Nothing is left to conjecture. Nothing, nothing is left to human uh, uh, whims and caprices when you, con- when you contrast it to uh, idolatry, particularly African traditional religion, where how you worship your God, how you do things within the shrine is largely up to the contraption of the few clubs of men. And it differs from year to year, depending on their appetite and what they want to achieve per time. There is a way that is consistent with those who call themselves Christian, and there's a way that is not consistent. Because why this is, is okay is that if one of the, Elias I mentioned Momijiu in the morning, I'm not too familiar with Momijiu, but I've seen it. As funny as that woman is, if you go against that woman, some people will come after you. Do you understand? They say, who are you to judge? Who are you to criticize? Who are you? To, you, you, you who are you? And the, and, and the answer is that I can clearly see this sister, this brother, this pastor, he claimed to be a Christian. He claimed to be representing the faith. And his lifestyles, his, his talk, what he or she is dishing out is in contrast to the living testimony of the scripture. And I have the warrant to make a comment and say, ah, sorry, this is out of sync with the will of God. So we should be courageous to look people in the face and say, this is, with the Bible open, hopefully, I say, this is the Bible, but what you are doing is in contrast to the testimony of the Bible, and even heaven will bear you witness. My desire at the end of these few minutes is that you, you walk away from here with a consciousness. It's okay, what, what, the, the way I'm doing this thing, is it the way the thing ought to be done as a Christian? Even in my eating, in my drinking, this friendship I'm making, this, this, this job I'm picking up, this contract I'm signing, this, this relationship I'm about to enter into, it, it is, this whole idea of my life, the way I arrange my life, is it worthy of the Lord? Is it consistent with the profession, uh, the body of the faith? Now, there are many reasons why uh, it is important that we walk worthy of the Lord. There are three reasons I want to pick, and these three reasons, it's not all there is, but I think the Lord wants me to share with you these three reasons. The first reason that it is important and necessary for Christians to be reminded that they ought to walk worthy of the Lord is the fact of the second coming of the Lord. Look at verse 11. Beside this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now that when we first believed. It is important that the coming of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord, and our own, the inevitability, our own mortality should 
the, the consciousness of that reality should be before our eyes that the Lord will soon come that we are closer to our salvation than when we first believed. Year after year, 2019, we are more closer. 2020, we are most closer. And we are gradually gravitating towards the end of the time, towards the end of our own life and towards our glorification. The idea of salvation there does not suggest that your salvation uh, is still not yet, uh, it has not yet happened. It has happened. If you are here doing our Tuesday Bible study, after you have passed through this part, we have been saved. That's our justification. We are being saved. That is our sanctification. And we shall be saved. That's our glorification. And what Paul is referring to here is our glorification. We are closer. We are one, one year closer to our glorification than when we first believed. Some of you have been a Christian for the past 10 years. You are one, year, one more year closer to your glorification. And this is very, very important because as Christians, we groan in this earthly tabernacle. This world is not our home. This world is full of pains and misery. And we can't wait to put down this tabernacle and to be clothed upon by the glory that shall appear in the day, in the days of Christ. Our salvation is nearer to us than where we believe. And, and what that suggests is that Christ will come. Whether he comes when you breathe your last year or when he comes in the second coming, he will come. And Jesus tells us that he will come like a thief in the night. The consciousness that we must walk worthy of the Lord is that we don't want to be caught napping. We don't want to be caught in, in our sleeping, in our spiritual sleep. We don't want to be caught in spiritual slumber. We don't want to be caught in, in inactivity. You are not cold, you are not hot. In our lukewarmness, we must be alert knowing that our master will soon be here and he will request for an account. And there's nothing that we, we have done, both in the private and in the open, that will not be brought to judgment. Brothers and sisters, walk properly in this new year. Why? Christ will soon come. That should be the first idea that we should contemplate in the new year. That if when I became a Christian, Christ remained 10 years to come, one extra year, as for me, is minus one year. Then you have nine years, you have eight years, and then like that, like that. One day, it will happen. And this idea of second coming is not the tale by the moonlight. It will happen. If the scripture is true, which I believe is true, Jesus will come back again. Work properly. Work properly as Christian. And if you're not a Christian here this evening, ah, there's no point even asking you to walk. You don't even know how to. You're not walking. And I encourage you, because Christ will come. He will come. And then you will be accountable. You know, what we were reading before, on the last day, you know, people will regret. They saw Jesus preached on their street. They saw him. He, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was with them. And then they will be surprised that they missed him. And then they will be in the lake of fire forever. 
We are almost there. We are almost there. Some of you that read church history who agree with me that all the generations of church people, of Christians, have lived in this reality of second coming. Even from the first century, people, people lived in this reality. Second century, oh, first world war, oh, second world war. The church have always lived in the reality of the second coming of Christ. And sometimes, so, some, those who are naive will just conclude that, ah, this is just a joke. I mean, before, before, in the 1980s, we were told that Christ had come back and he's not yet here. What does Peter th- th- Is it first Peter? Yeah? F- f- second Peter. He said, the Lord is not delaying and it's not slacking. Okay? He's just being patient that you come to repentance. And say, so, by the way, a thousand years before God is like, how many days? And one day is like, how many? So for us, we are saying, this, this last hour, this last day we talk about, is in human calculation, is 2,000, is 3,000, is 4,000. But from the point of God, he is in the now. Because God lives in the now. The delay, in my own opinion, and in the opinion of the scripture, is that the delay of Christ's second coming is that men will come to salvation. He's just been merciful. Some of you became Christian two years ago, as if he came five years ago. You've been in hell by now. It is as he's, he's sparing the sons and daughters of Adam that they will not go to hell. And all the seed that are prepared for um, uh, salvation will come in in the final analysis. Walk, walk worthy of the Lord because our Lord will soon come. And he will come when you least expect it. Some of you that, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Christians. Some Christians play. We play a lot. It's okay. After Christ, it's, just, I mean, it's, not, it's not possible. Christ cannot come today. And we say, not on my birthday. Oh, not on my wedding. People like, or oh, now. They know Christ cannot come now. He can come now. Yes. And on a very good day, he'll come on your wedding day. As they say, may you kiss the bride. <laughs> and hopefully two of you are gone. If not, <laughs> I mean, he will come. But some people say he will not come on Sunday. Because if you come on Sunday, there will be chances that there will be a lot of people. No, it's not true. He will come any day. If, I, if Christ comes on Sunday, eh, there, there are a lot of chances that you meet more unbelief than ordinary days. When do you think people are reckless? It's not weekends. Thank God it's Friday. Between Friday and Sunday, that's where bars and pubs make their money and brothels make their money. And he will come. But let it be that any time he comes, even now, we are ready. <clears throat> now? Are you really sure we are ready now? You sure? Should I just think, let's my phone. No, there's some pastor that have phone now. I've seen, no, not, I'm not joking. There's one guy online. He said, hello? Is that heaven? His name is uh, Prophet Mboro from South Africa. He said, is that heaven? And then, and, and they were talking to him from heaven and was communicating to somebody. Uh, in fact, that same prophet went to heaven and took footage of Jesus on his uh, Samsung phone. 
And people were paying as much as $1,000. There was a day they set for them to watch the footage live in the church. That's like 2018. So people pay a lot. Over a thousand people pay a thousand dollars to the church for the, for a movie. For he went to heaven and as, as as he was moving around with Christ, he was just taking the footage, uh, just picture of heaven, the mansion, the streets, the fruit, everything. Hopefully, it's just that about four days to the day his phone was stolen. Uh, the the Samsung phone was were stolen, but the money were not refunded. And the guy had an audacity again to ask for more money that he would, be, he would soon travel back to heaven again, that that one would be a more comprehensive movie. <laughs> and I'm some people like Joshua will pay. But the, challenge, the issue I want to stress upon our heart is that Christ will come back. You must walk. Like when, when Abel is going to walk in the morning with his back, he should walk in the way that even between here and Sun City Gate, Christ will come and I'm ready. Secondly, we should walk worthy of the Lord because the condition of this world, because of the condition, the present condition of this world. Look at verse 12. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So the Lord cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. There are a lot of things that can be said from that particular verse, but, but consider with me, what Paul is referring to as the night. <clears throat> the night here refers to the condition of this world, the world as it is today, and all the glories of it are about the night. <laughs> about the night. You see, when you go to Megtamara and you go to Asukuru, you go to the best part of the world, you go to Maldives and Singapore and US and UK, as far as the Bible is concerned, it's just but the night. Night. And uh, this word is actually darkness. This word is this word and its system is darkness. And you know what it means to walk in darkness. Actually, Christians, see, the, the idea of light, when Jesus you are the light of the world, eh? it means the entire world of non-Christian is darkness, is pitch darkness. The world of non-Christian is darkness. When I say you are the light of the world, a city set on the hill cannot be hidden. The idea of Christian being, the idea of Christ Himself being the light that comes from heaven, suggests that the whole world is darkness. So if a Christian is not walking properly, it, 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 it makes life difficult. Try to where will you get? an alternative light to, to shine through uh, your path. When you say, the Lord, is, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Uh, the, 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 the word of the Lord is, is a lamp to my feet and the light to my path. If a Christian is not consistent in his work with God, where will he get the light to work his? This world is dark, brothers and sisters. If a Christian is not working properly, something will happen to him. This world is not your friend. This world is your enemy. The host of the hosts, the Satan and his agents are after you. The world system are designed to frustrate you. So if you neglect the, your responsibility as, 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 as a Christian, if you neglect your responsibility 
as a Christian, if you neglect your duty as a Christian, if you think that sanctification is automatic and you need not do anything, this word, you will stumble. You will stumble. Brothers, walk worthy of the Lord because this word is dark. It's darkness. But the joy is that soon and very soon the dawn will come. And that is even the motivation. Much the motivation. Of course, the word is dark. On the other hand, if you walk worthy of the Lord, you have been assured that very soon the night is about passing away. This world is passing away. All the rubbish that comes with this world is passing away. The dawn is about to come. I've given given this example before. Many of you that live before in, in a rural area understand this very well. Can be very dark in the villages. Can be very dark in the villages, and you can't wait for the day to come. Uh, remember, I gave this example also the last time about chloroquine. When I was much more younger, the medicine of choice for malaria is chloroquine, and some of us with a, a particular genotype do react with itching. Or if, or if you may, may uh, there's another sickness. Is it cough? Night cough. There are some cough that will not, ha- will not disturb you in the afternoon. But once it's night, <coughs> all through the night, and you can't just wait for the morning to come, to come. But brothers, work worthy of the Lord. Very soon, this darkness will be gone, and then there is the dawn of the morning. Number three, please work worthy of the Lord because of the care of your soul. Because of the care of your soul. If you're not walking worthy of the Lord, your soul is in danger. Look at verse 13. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. The idea that Paul is trying to impress upon our heart is that if you're not walking properly, we, we, we will be, we will be armorless, we will be will be vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. He, he calls it, he said, put on the armor of light. So if you're not working properly, you're not putting the armor of light, and then you become vulnerable to anything. To, to even things that the Bible says should not be mentioned among God's people. Not... If you look at the issue of sexual immorality, which, uh, which part of the scripture? He said, he said, this should not be mentioned, not even that you are practicing this thing. It should not be mentioned among you. But the reality of the church over time is that as we neglect the grace of God upon our lives, we become vulnerable to urges, to drunkenness. We begin with one bottle to two bottles. We play around, we flirt around uh, our phones, and then sooner or later we indulge our affections on, on dirty things. And we comfort ourselves that as long as we are not doing it, watching it is harmless. And then sooner or later we are caught in the web of sin. And one of the admonitions that I got early on with my parents is that sin is like the devil. Of course, sin is devil that it is easy if you open your door for Satan to come into your parlor. But to get Satan out of your parlor <laughs> is, is a different ballgame. See, how many of you, some of you have struggled with addiction before. 
The early days of addiction was very simple, was very easy. But when addiction takes hold of your heart and sets you down, you need a rehab, you need a counselor now, you need all manner of things now, and you are struggling. Some will never recover from addiction permanently. If the, your soul is so precious, as Christians, you should be careful about your souls. The care, for the sake of the care, for the sake of the health of your soul, work worthy of the Lord. Because these things, this sinfulness, sinful practices, according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, war against the soul. They war against your soul. They pierce your soul. And they will destroy you ultimately. Satan is not playing with you. You will stumble. You will not make it. So in this new year, walk worthy of the Lord because our master is at the door. He has always been at the door. He will soon come. Walk worthy of the Lord because of the nature of this present world. It is darkness. You need all the paraphernalia of the resources available in the gospel for your survival here on earth. Work worthy of the Lord for the sake of your soul. The health of your soul is as important. This morning during our Sunday school, Eliza was saying something. Some of you have left some bad church, some bad teaching, but you are still watching their teachers. Let me just entertain my eyes or my ears. You do yourself. You don't have time actually to flex. In my trial, uh, in my native tongue, there is this proverb that said, you don't share poison with teeth. Like you want to share battery now. I don't know for, for any reason, maybe you want to share with Abel, maybe for something else. You don't use teeth to share what is poison. If the Bible condemns a thing, it condemns a thing. Why do you think many of us don't even want to go to that area and say, okay, eh, does the Bible condemn alcohol or drunkenness? Ah, is it not alcohol? It's not a, <laughs> what, what leads to a drunkenness? What leads to drunkenness? It's not small drinking. And if, and if I know uh, my conscience, my capacity cannot handle small drinking, I stay away completely. I don't flirt around substance. I wish should not. For us, and that's what Paul is telling the church in Rome, that they should walk worthy, they should walk properly, they should be exact. And that's my point of application. How can you be exact in this world of, of, uh, of sin and relativism? Well, the first thing I'm going over my point again is that as a Christian, write it on your wall. Christ will come soon and seek to live your life in that regard. You should be waiting. It's like your, your bags are packed and you are waiting on the edge of your seat. That's, how it, that's the proper Christian behavior. Number two, no attachment to this world. You are, you are, you're, you are so touchy with this word. We are not like, you are not embracing worldliness. Worldliness. You should know what is worldliness and avoid it. 
I can give you a few examples of what worldliness is all about. You know, the world is designed <laughs> for your pleasure. Isn't it? Like, if you go around, you have spa, uh, gym. Sometimes a Christian spends more time in the gym than he spends more time in prayer. What are you looking for? Six packs. If a six pack brother broad chested and muscular. No, some people come to church with, with little. It's not only sisters that dress, that dress offensively. It's just that some brothers, you can't talk to them. They appear in church, you could see their biceps, and then they are walking in the gym. And the, this brother, with all the six packs, even small demon can floor him. No holiness, no hunger, can spend two hours in the gym, can spend five minutes in the place of prayer. That is worldliness. And then from gym to massage parlors. You come to church, you squeeze 1,000 into the offering box, or you're paying 10K for your body to be massaged. It's called worldliness. I'm not saying massages, but is that what I'm saying? I just, I'm, not even, I'm not saying that yet. Okay. It's your money. You know, it's the money of God, eh? You'll be accountable anyway. And look at what Paul even gave us his success at verse 14. He said, make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Be brutal with your flesh. Make no provision. The reason why you have a perfume is just, is just, is just It's just for, to fulfill all righteousness, just to make sure you, you are decent, not to attract the opposite sex. Don't make provision for the flesh. Starve the flesh. Starve the flesh. And it mortify the flesh. Is it Romans 12? Romans 12. Romans 6. No. Romans 12. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Just spiritual worship. You, 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 yeah, and Romans 6 too. You, you mortify the deeds of the flesh. Don't gratify your flesh. And Paul said, put on Christ. Put on Christ on a daily basis. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. This is your. And, and all these things, let me tie it up where I began. You can't do this thing on your own. It's not something you can draw a calendar and say, okay, pastor say, walk word of the Lord. Then you have a list. No. It's the list. It's not, it's not ticking boxes. It's that you avail yourself and humble yourself under the power of God that he may lift you up. That you allow the power of the Holy Spirit to take over your being and he can control in you. And the Bible says, all that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. If you are not being led by the Spirit, you are being carnal and fleshy. This word will do you. And in the days of Christ, you will be ashamed. 
He will look for excuses and there will be no excuses coming through your mind. Oh, that the Lord will come soon. We can't wait. Huh? If the Lord comes tomorrow, now that's the end, isn't it? End of university, exams, and projects. End of waking up in the morning to go to work. End of two services on Sundays. End of tithes and offerings. End of sickness. End of arthritis. End of cancer. End of death and tears. End of everything. It's surprising that Christians are not really waiting and not eagerly expecting Christ to come back. That's why we, 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 we messed ourselves up. Some of you now, today is Sunday now, we pay God his debt. Tomorrow we are back to our normal life again. And then by Saturday again, we are Christian. Or maybe Sunday morning we are Christian. No, we are Christian. 24 hours a day. That's how to work worthy of the Lord. It is my prayer. I'm not teaching you like a schoolmaster. I'm speaking to myself. And I, I speak to all of us that when all is said and done, both the principalities and powers and unbelievers around could point and say, this one is a Christian. That one is a Christian. Oh, that one is a Christian. Because our steps, our manner of life is consistent with our profession. Calvin says we are hypocrites by nature. And we, are, we can give excuses. And I pray that this year, you will banish all excuses. These are there. It's not by power. It's by grace. So work on it. Confront yourself. And don't say, no, who, who pure pass? Are you in this church to check out who pure pass? Eh? Are you here to check out who, who, who holy pass? The entire work of discipleship here is not to be holier than thou. It is yourself that you know. Because ultimately, this race is an individual race. Banish your excuses. I've read the Bible this year. You know, you know say, no, we're in the election year and uh, things have been so tight. No, Pastor, remember no, that day I went to Malaba. Have you read your Bible? You know, say children, you know, since these children start coming. Uh, you know, you know how hard it is to be a mother. Have you read your Bible? Are you praying? You know, say my mother-in-law is around. Are you praying? You know, say Satan, you know, demonic forces. This Abuja. If you know, Pastor, if you check very well, this Abuja, there are a lot of demonic forces, so they call them territorial uh, uh, demons. They didn't even allow us to pray at all. You have one million excuses for not being holy. You can't blame the trend. You can't blame America. You can't blame anybody. You have yourself to blame and yourself alone. The Lord has provided for you all the armor that you need, called the armor of light, that you need for your sustenance to heaven, towards heaven. Use it. Avail yourself. Take, you know, that song is so powerful. Take time to be holy. Go and look at that song and look at the ladies again. Take time to be holy. If you have, if you have 20 trousers and on a Sunday morning you are just looking at your, which one, and you are getting late, take 15 and, and give it out. So you have like four trousers. You make, you make choice. Uh, 
quick and easy. There's no space for gluttony. Eh? Only you. I uh, put two chaki, put two liver, put four uh, cow head. Only you. Only you. Remove your belts. Eh? And tomorrow say, Pastor, pray for me. Oh, doctor say, I'm having a, a kidney. Why won't you have kidneys? Before? You are eating. And then once you eat, you just turn to your bed and then you are gone. And then you say you are having bad dreams. Why would you have bad dreams? You can't even wake up. You know, sometimes you caricature our brothers on the other side. Your next door neighbor, 2 a.m., you can hear him cabashing. You roll up, you are rolling in your blanket and say, I bet you this. Yeah. Are you not ashamed of yourself? That some Christians are 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., they are awake. Wrestling with God in prayer. You are, your, you, are, you, are, you are rolling up and down. Say, it's not how long you pray. Oh. Eh? Some people say, eh, there was a lady that say, well, me, I'm not like other Christians. I pray well. When I was in my bathroom, when I was going to, you know, when I'm taking a shower, oh, Father, we take you this morning. You are joking. You are joking. In the bathroom, no quiet time. No altar, no place, no, there's no place meeting with God. And in your mind, sin is when you do it. It's, that's not what the Bible says. Sin is when you think it. If I look at another person's wife lustfully, what happened to me? I have committed adultery in my heart. Don't even deceive yourself that as long as uh, I'm not doing it. Uh, I can think it. No. No, sir. And as far as this country is concerned, our idea of sin is if they catch me. If they don't catch you, it's fine. The day you are caught, all the scripture that you have comes back to you. Come on. Take time to be holy. Take time to be holy. And with God's help, one of these days, when your master and my master come, will not be ashamed. You will say, well done, good, faithful servants. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.